On today's show, we're revisiting the Dallas Mavericks 21-point comeback against the Golden State Warriors. It was too good to just talk about it one time. What are some big overarching questions we have afterwards? How much should we be concerned about Jalen Brunson? How much can the Mavs get away with the small ball? And is the three-guard lineup a gimmick, or can the Mavs actually do something with it? We'll talk about all that and more on today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavs Podcast. And welcome, you are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Thanks to everybody that has watched. If you're here for the first time, subscribe. We are a daily five days a week, plus every single post game. Dallas Mavericks podcast and joining me as always my co-host writer and contributor at Mavs.com the revisit royal royal the one more thinking what you got for me Isaac Harris all right I got something really funny off the top really oh. funny oh all I gotta say is just just one one name and I just think it's fine I don't know if you'll you'll think it's funny as I I do but the Los Angeles Lakers <laughs> I just do you, the other day I was I, the other night I'd say what I guess this pod's coming out so it's two nights ago and my wife walks by me sitting on the couch and I'm just like beaming I'm like laughing I'm enjoying and she's like hey what's going on and I'm so like did you just say masochism or just like uh no schadenfreude just just complete schadenfreude is what you were doing I just said I love watching <laughs> this team fail and <laughs> And it's there's just nothing like it. There's nothing like seeing the Lakers um, combust, and I just love every bit of it. I didn't know if you want to share that with me at the top, just some enjoyment, laughter, but it's great. I will say, if the Mavericks find their somehow, and I don't know how this would even happen, but if the Mavs do find their way in the play-in against the Lakers, the Lakers just signed DJ Augustine. I, I, I mean, watch out. That that is. <laughs> Mavs killer first DJ team, for DJ first team all Mavs killer DJ Augustine. Okay, I haven't seen what here I am. I'm making a Lakers joke. The Mavs play the Lakers tonight in LA. Yeah, watch the Lakers go beat them, and then y'all can just give me crap for it. But someone will clip it. If Andy Kamenetsky was more like vindictive and petty, he would clip it and just tweet it out. That'd be amazing. Here's my thing. I have I've yet to see this on Twitter. I've seen you joked and texted me about it. I'm hoping it was a joke. But and I haven't gotten any DMs or anything before anyone asked. No, DeAndre Jordan. No, don't, <laughs> don't even, yeah, <laughs> don't, don't no, ask. Don't done. tweet at us. We do not. I would rather play Trey Burke at center <laughs> than DeAndre Jordan <laughs> passing it and hitting the reunion tower. I know the answer for the Mavs at center is is Marquise Chris, right? It's not maybe not a great answer, but he's the guy that if he ever comes back from knee soreness, he's the one that adds to that rotation and will, can actually play. Uh, so that's the answer there. But all right, let's get back into this game because the Mavericks had their biggest comeback of the year. The Mavs have now had more comebacks from down ten plus than any team in the NBA. Now they they showed that they flashed that stat last the other night, and uh, the Mavs get the win against the um, Golden State Warriors, and it was. It was a crazy one, and there's a couple of things I wanted to revisit from this. A couple of just quick thoughts. 
Um, the real difference in the first half, I thought, when I went back and rewatched this, was the turnovers. I mean, and, the, and that is not something the Mavericks normally do, right? The Mavericks are second in the league in the lowest amount of turnovers. And it was Luka and Brunson and guys just turning the ball over in ways that they normally don't. And that was really, really... Um, that was not something that the Mavericks normally do. And the Warriors were just scoring off of every single one of them. The difference between the, you know, the points off of turnover for the Mavericks and for the Warriors was like 10, 15. And that's uh that's how the Warriors basically got their lead. And then they went on a little bit of a run at the beginning of the second half, too. And then they just kind of tried to coast the rest of the way. And the Mavs were able to really take advantage of that. Yeah, I was trying to look up exactly uh the amount of turnovers per game. So Dallas averages 12, 12. basically 12 and a half, you know, turnovers a game, third in the league in that. And they had 18 in that game. To kind of further your point there that they were turn, turning the ball over a ton. Yeah, ab- absolutely a ton. Uh, also, co- shout out to Luca talking about in, in his interview with Malika Andrews, her she was asking him about his frustration with refs and he's just like I mean, I don't know. I just I'm passionate about it. And <laughs> and it, it's just it's so fun because he's so like calm and chill. And uh, I mean, it's like that conditioning where some fans out there are like, oh, my gosh, it's just narratives that Luca's like that with rest or it's just narratives about his. Con-. I'm like, all right, watch this freaking interview and see Luca Doncic talk about his conditioning and his frustration with rest. Like he knows this. So he admits it. it. It is a thing, yeah. Yeah, he absolutely admits that that's a thing for him. Um, a couple, th- a couple more things. Random thought: Jonathan Kuminga made a ton of mistakes in this game. I thought that he was one of the reasons why the Mavs were able to get back in this game. He had a bunch of random fouls. He had, uh, he almost missed three dunks. One of them he barely got in. Um, but just in the rewatch, he really stood out to me as a, a area where the, the Warriors are really just pushing for him to get some development. Uh, and I think it kind of bit them in this game. The other thing that stood out as a, as a young guy on the Warriors was Gary Payton. Gary Payton took Jalen Brunson out of this game. Like Gary mm-hmm. Payton's defense was just absolutely incredible. We're used to seeing Brunson, you know, struggle against long defenders, but Gary Payton was a quick, strong defender, and we haven't seen a lot of those. Like like Brunson not be able to run to a spot and do some herky jerky stuff and be able to get some stuff over the top of a defender like that. How much concern do you have about Jalen Brunson? playing against a, a good team in the NBA because now this is a couple times we've seen him really struggle. Um, it's well, hmm. you I say I, this. Like I didn't ask you this before and you did not I didn't know how to answer it before either. I just, uh, I need to see it in the playoffs. Like, I think I would say this. There's nothing he, in the regular season that you could take from and be like, no. okay, I'm worried. You just literally just have to see it in the playoffs. That's it. Yeah. It's just, it's such a different type of basketball and that's when everything matters. And it's just like, we saw Brunson last year and we're like, Hey, fun. He's developing. This is cool. You know, we weren't saying he was the second star last year, but then he would get in the playoffs and you're like, woof. Okay. And he knows this. He admitted to us how much this is stuck with him in the off season. And I just want to see it. I want to see what happens when he go goes against if we go against utah if we, we go against another team out there and they put size on it on him they put length on him what what happens to him then so it's kind of hard on gary payton i like him as a player do we know a connection that he has with luca because it seems like him and luca they were going like, back and forth yeah but it's like it seems fun it seems like luca has fun with him he's not on luca's like it's not you know jta out there okay like he's not on luca's list 
And it seemed like different time, like, you know, he's like helping him up and they're like laughing and joking. I just wonder if there's like a a pre-relationship there. I'm sure some Lucas stands out there will connect it somehow. There's got to be something like that. So against the um, against the against playoff teams right now, Brunson is averaging under 15 points, just about five assists. He's shooting 33 percent from the from three, just just under 45 percent from the field. And uh just taking 2.9 free throws a game. I would be more concerned about that number if the Mavs didn't have Spencer Dinwiddie. And this is one of the reasons why Spencer adding Spencer Dinwiddie was such a big thing for the Mavs is that you have another guy that can score, right? You have another guy that can put up 24 points in a game if you need him to, especially with Tim Hardaway Jr. out. When when you know before when Tim Hardaway Jr. was playing, the Mavs had, you know, oh Luca could, or maybe Porzingis could, Tim Hardaway Jr. could. Every once in a while Brunson would, but this year he's been stepping it up more. And now you have that. That kind of like he uh, he's the safety, right? He's the safety net that you have all three of those guys. That, not all three of them are going to be off at the same time. And if they are, the Mavs are going to lose. And that's sort of the way that it is now. Here, I'll, I'll flip a question back to you about Brunson. The past two games, Brunson has had eight points and eight points. The past two games for Spencer Dinwiddie, 24 points and 20 points. Can they both have good games? And, Can they? Or, or is that like, I mean, the first two games, because I was going, I looked at Brunson's numbers. He's, they played four games since the, you know, since the trade. But those first two games, Dinwiddie was, you know, very passive, just kind of just finding his rhythm. He still is to an extent. But these past two games, Dinwiddie's had over 20 points. And we're looking at saying, all right, Utah and Golden State. So is it a Brunson against good teams these past two games and Utah and Golden State? Or is it Brunson's just adjusting to having another ball handler creator out there in Dinwiddie and they'll figure that out. That's the way I lean. I think it's more of they're figuring their stuff out. They're playing together, not just in the three man lineup type thing with Luca, but also they're playing together, you know, them too. So I, I, I want to lean towards, it's just an adjustment and not a Brunson against good teams or Brunson doesn't, you know, can't succeed at the same time. Dinwiddie can We've seen Brunson have good games against good teams. He had a 27-point game against Utah. He's had, you know, uh, a couple of good games against the Clippers now. He's had, um, you know, a couple of decent games. Actually, all three of his games against Phoenix were pretty decent. One game he shot under 40% but still scored 18 points and had 10 assists. But, like, we've seen him have some pretty decent games. Uh, I am concerned about it, though. I I do think that that is something we absolutely have to see in the playoffs, like you said. And I'm more concerned about it looking at these numbers and seeing him play against teams like, you know, Utah the last time, the the Warriors, uh, Denver a couple times there. Um, And going into the playoffs, it'll be really interesting to see how he stands up to it because he has he's he can, he can make a ton of money going into this offseason if he has a big showing in the playoffs and I think he knows that and the Mavs know that and it's for everybody's best interest that he does have a good you know playoffs going into this year so definitely something to watch but coming up let's get into a couple more things to watch how much can the Mavs get away with the small ball they did at the end of the game against the Warriors and that three guard lineup Luca Dinwiddie and Brunson Kid has tried it now all four games. Is it a thing that he really wants to keep pushing? Can the Mavs get away with it? Is it a gimmick or is it something real? We'll talk about that and more coming up. But before we do, 
Let me tell you about Built Bar. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and some of you may have been done with your New Year's resolutions. Uh, we're trying to eat better, and Built Bar helps us out with that. When I want to eat a candy bar, and I'm like, man, I could use that peanut butter cup, or I could use a chocolate bar or something like that, I grab a Built Bar. They're absolutely great, and honestly, I would eat one instead of a candy bar, and have. <laughs> the Cherry Barcia is back, and they're on sale right now. I love that bar. That's a really good one, but the Coconut Brownie Chunk is the best bar that they have, so go check it out. Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your entire order. Check out all the different kinds. You can get a mixed box where you can try all the different flavors and see for yourself which ones are the best, or you can just go for a box that has one flavor and get all of them and just just try it all at once. Go check it out. Built.com. Promo code LOCKED15. All right, Isaac Harris. Let's keep talking about this Dallas Mavericks win against the Golden State Warriors. A couple of big questions coming out of that game. Late in the game, the Mavericks went to this small ball lineup. And we talked about it a little yesterday. But they went with Davis Bertans at the four, Dorian Finney-Smith at the five, late in this game for the for a lot of the fourth quarter. But then even later, after they took Davis Bertans out, at the very end of this game, for the last couple of minutes, they had Luka, Brunson, Dinwiddie, Bullock, and Dorian Finney-Smith out there. That is mm. a line. Luka is the tallest guy in that, in that lineup. That is a... Six foot to six eight lineup of just guys like that. And Brunson is the only six foot guy. There's, you know, Brunson is six foot. There's Bullock and, and Dinwiddie that are both six listed as six five, six six. Dorian is six seven, and Luca is six eight. Uh, how much can the Mavs get away with a small ball lineup like that? I think they, I think they can for a lot of matchups. Going back to what I said a little bit ago, you know, the playoffs are so much different than the regular season. And having that flexibility to be able to do that, I think is so key because, you know, one, so somebody tweeted at me after the game was like, all right, cool. They ran basically, I'm paraphrasing here. They ran small ball during the five was fun, but like, how often are you even going to like, when does it even matter type thing? Because there's some other guys out there and it's like, all right, well, who's scaring you enough to where you, you have to adjust like when you start looking across the board, like Golden State doesn't have a big out there. Like I know we they just talk- did it. Yeah, and, and so you just you just play that way. Utah, they don't give a crap about Rudy Gobert. So that like it doesn't matter. You're they're on not offense. Yeah, I mean, but I say they don't give a crap about Rudy Gobert because they're not putting in a big because Rudy Gobert is on the floor. Like the Clippers didn't care about it last year, and they beat them in a series, and that will be the Mavs. You know, if they play them in the playoffs. Yep. Then you're looking at like Memphis and it's like, all right. I mean, cool. If you want to put Steven Adams out there, then sure. We'll dare you. We'll play the Boban treatment, you know, and dare you to throw it down low. You're not changing up your whole game plan for Steven Adams. And it's like Jaron Jackson Jr. You know, that's probably a maxi matchup, but I, you're just looking at, I mean, it's Jokic, right? Like Jokic that's is it. the only guy that if you face them in a playoff series, which I've said since, we've started debating this group of teams like Denver is last on this list. Utah is number one. Memphis is two for me. Denver is last as far as those three that would just change up some things because I don't think you can even pull off small ball at all. I mean, you would have to have at least some, I mean, he's going to get his numbers anyway, but you'd at least have to throw max or Dwight. I mean, something. The one thing about, so the Mavs or most likely play Memphis or Utah. If they stay about where they are and don't make any kind of huge, you know, movement up or down, um, they would play Memphis or Utah. And with Utah, you kind of made the point is that they're not worried about Rudy Gobert 
on offense, right? The other day, the Mavs played a little small. They played Dwight Powell out there. We all know Dwight Powell is not the best defender, especially against bigs like that. And Rudy Gobert had six buckets, and they were all like dunks. <laughs> you know, there wasn't any kind of post-up, anything like that. They're not doing any of that stuff. The other thing is, is Memphis. And Memphis right now, according to Cleaning the Glass, is 23rd in the NBA in a half-court offense. Memphis thrives on getting transition buckets. And the Mavs, when they don't turn the ball over, like they, you know, unlike what they did against the, the Warriors, uh, they'll limit that. And then they'll get into a half-court set. And then all of a sudden, I mean, the, the Grizzlies are just not as efficient in that area because they don't have a lot of guys that can get their own shot off the dribble. Ja, you know, Ja obviously can. He's been incredible this year. But other than that, are you worried about Jaron Jackson Jr. posting up? Are you worried, again, about Steven Adams posting up? I think as long as the Mavs can throw a double and rotate well enough, then they can handle that, right? He's not going to kill yeah. you. Jaron Jackson Jr. is not going to kill you as much as a Jokic would, that you would change your entire scheme and lineup to you know, put somebody else out there. So I'm with you. I, I, I think they can get away with this, especially against the teams they're going to play with. They're not yeah. facing a Joel Embiid. They're not facing even like a Bam Adebayo or um, a now, Giannis. DeAndre, like they're just DeAndre not, they're Ayton not, is... A guy that I would just be curious on how they play him. I mean, they w- they would only play him like in the second round, though. If they, well, yeah, I'm just saying like any potential any West team, yeah, yeah, like him. I think Towns would probably be in that Jokic, you know, AD, especially when you have you know a marksman like him, the one of the best shooting uh, bigs ever. In that, but you know, you bring up the small ball because it's just it's brought up, it's opened up so many things and. I know we laughed about like we laughed about your comment earlier in the season about the five stretch of five games could define the season <laughs> and all of that. But I'm gonna bring this back for a second. Oh. Could turn turn the camera on intern. <laughs> <laughs> could this fourth quarter define the Mavs season? Oh because, you I went with a stretch of five games. You went with literally like a 12 minute span of <laughs> and I say define it because game. I feel like this fourth quarter has a has the potential for us to come back to and reference so many times. Mm-hmm. Like it's one of those points of the season of remember when they first threw Dorian out the five and that small, remember that comeback. Remember when they, you know, they put three, remember when Bertons was out there as the four with Dorian. Remember the, you know, three guard lineup that we really saw it in stride there in the fourth quarter, they closed out with Dinwiddie and Brunson, you know, with Luca kind of for the first time there. Like I just, it, I don't think it's determining the whole season. They beat the Warriors, so therefore they're winning the title type thing. But I think it's one of those one of those defining moments uh, that we could look back on and reference for the rest of the season. Yeah, and we've seen um, we've seen Jason Kidd try things like this, which which we like, right? We love when you try new stuff and throw it out there and see if it, see if it's working. So that small ball is definitely something that he's trying. And when they put Maxi out there, is it that much different than playing small ball? And so they said, okay, well we could that can go both ways. You can. Is, is it that much different? Okay, we'll put Maxi out there for a little bit of a bigger defender at the rim. Is it that much different when you take Maxi out? Okay, we can take Maxi and be a little bit more mobile on the perimeter. And so that can give you the, the advantage, right? Some of these games are one of the smallest of margins. And uh, you may need that as a you know a card a card to play, a hand to 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 deal in the playoffs. And so now and, the, and Mavs, that, the Mavs have that. And that ability to go small, like we were texting about it during the game, during that fourth the other night, and we're saying Imagine if they didn't make the trade and the spot Dallas would have been in there at that moment, because what Porzingis has proven had proven to us and to the Mavs is he couldn't really take advantage a lot of the mismatch down low enough to force the other team. Yeah, That whole conversation we just had about Jared Jackson, other teams had about the Mavs. Yeah. So 
that's why other teams for the past three years have been putting six, seven, six, eight dudes like Derek Jones, junior type dudes on KP. And they're like, Hey, we'll just play our odds because he hasn't taken advantage of it. So if they didn't make the trade, then Dallas is in this weird spot in the fourth quarter of that, of that golden state game saying, so are we just going to like, we're going to have to bench KP right now. There's no way we can bench KP. So they were doing that at times though. Exactly. They had start, they started doing that, but they couldn't have put him out there because then he's guarding what Otto Porter jr. And I mean, he's the five at that. So that's where this flexibility of when you start looking at matchups, like I'm not scared of the Clippers that in a way I would be kind of scared to face the Clippers in the playoffs. If we had KP, because I'm like, dude, what are we going to be doing right now? Like they have this flexibility now to where, yeah, there's, there's not a ton of matchups there in the West that I'm looking at saying, Dude, how are we even going to like like do this like defensively or anything? A couple more big questions coming. One more big question about this Warriors game and then a couple more cool things. The Mavs signed a two-way guy, Moses Wright. We'll talk about him in a minute. And then, uh, yeah, we'll finish talking about this last question about the three-guard lineup for the Mavs. Talk about all that and more coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Bet Online from the latest odds, totals, player performance props, and everything Go to betonline.net. It's the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. Go check it out right now. See what's available. You can check out nightly NBA games. They have the game for uh, tomorrow. The Lakers at home against the Mavericks. Mavericks are four-point favorite against the Lakers. In L.A., baby. In L.A. You think Luka's going to be motivated the day after his birthday? Motivated or... Uh... Yeah, I was going to say, it's going gonna, it's gonna to swing one of, the, one of the two ways. In L.A. Uh, and the Lakers are definitely reeling in a bad way right now. So if you feel strong about that, go to BetOnline. Check it out, BetOnline.net. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. It's BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Isaac Harris, let's finish up with one more question about that Warriors win. The three-guard lineup, Luka, Dinwiddie, and Brunson. We have now seen it in all four games. Uh, the first game when Kid threw it out there, of course we were saying like, there's no way he's gonna try that because that lineup just wouldn't work. And he's now tried it four times, which I actually do appreciate. Just try it, see it, throw it out there, and see what happens. Dinwiddie's a little bit bigger. You're not gonna get destroyed on defense in that way. Brunson has held his own on defense in the regular season this year, and so now they've tried it four times. Is this something that they can continue, or is this just an experiment that Kid is trying? Kid's wearing a bracelet, and it says like, "What would Rick do?" And because this was totally what Rick would do. Rick the would three throw. guard lineups. Yes. He would. Except he for would it would be, 100%. remember the three guard lineup of Yogi, JJ, JJ Berea and Devin Harris. Devin, like, yeah. And it was that lineup plus Dirk and Dorian was the best lineup in the NBA at one point in one of the Mavs losing years. It was the weirdest thing in the world, but it worked so well. And Rick looked like a genius. Shout out to you, uh, you guys out there who, who, who were here for uh, Yogi mania. Oh, that was the time. That was the most exciting thing that happened that year. And that is, that is a, that is saying so something about now. that year. <laughs> Whew, what was that? 16, uh, 16, 17. God bless, man. What a, anyway. What a but strength. what do we think about this lineup right now? It, it, they've played yeah. a very limited sample size, right? It's 31 minutes, 31 together. minutes, 56 possessions. They have 130 offensive rating, which is insane. And 110 defensive rating, which is fine. Um, a plus 17 net though. Well, plus 20, according to cleaning the glass. So oh, okay. if you do that math, that makes it look even better. Cleaning the glass go. takes out heaves and it takes out garbage time. But that offense is great. The offense with those guys on the floor is awesome. You can swing it to either side. You have a bunch of guys that can do stuff. 
Brunson and Dinwiddie have been hitting their shots over the last couple of games. They're 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 catch and shoot threes, specifically Dinwiddie at the end of the game against this Warriors team. But uh, can they keep up? Can they keep it up with this lineup? I I just got to see more. I got to see more against different types of teams and opponents with more perimeter perimeter guys. That I want to see it defensively. I think a small thing that you know, there's not really a stat to show this, but one of the things I like about it is. There are times that Dallas gets, you know, has the ball and it's late in the shot clock and somebody's just standing there and it's like, well, where's Luca? It's like, Luca, come get the ball. It's like they're so <laughs> like, you know, they can't, they're not going to dribble because it's like if Maxie's out there and Dwight's out there and Dorian's out there, even like Reggie Bullock, like none of these guys are really like creators. They know their roles. Like Dorian and them talked about this post game the other day. But now they have like, when they have all three of those guys out there, now it's not like panic mode. Where's Luca? And if Luca is talking to a fan, if he wants to, you at least have like two <laughs> other guys that can come get the ball and go create and do something. So I like it. I like it offensively, especially if Dinwiddie can prove that he can hit a catch and shoot three, like he's been doing the past two games. But I got to see more of it for me to feel comfortable about it, like to close games against like elite teams. I would take this lineup and look at it the same way we're looking at the small ball lineup. How many teams can you get away with this? Because it's it's going to be the defensive end for the Mavericks that's going to factor in with this small ball lineup. How many teams out there have a guy that can hurt you on the other end, right? A you know a LeBron that can can find the switch and get Brunson on him or Dinwiddie on him and take advantage of him. We know that he's not going to like guys like that don't take advantage of Luca that much because he's just big and strong and uh, gets in the way, but. I mean, does does Memphis have a guy like that? No. Does Utah? That we didn't really see that. They tried this lineup against Utah and it had some success. The Warriors don't necessarily, because they, they tried that with Curry and it, it didn't really work. The Suns—they do have two All-Star starters, by the way, Wiggins. And- <laughs> um, the Suns have Aiton, who can who can you know can post up and would would definitely hurt you if you tried this three guard lineup like this and they tried that switching against them. But, but it depends on who the other two guys are too, like. If if they're going the extra yeah, but I'm small saying, going, ball, yeah, but going against a team that can hunt Dinwiddie and and Brunson, right? And yeah, so it doesn't well, matter who the other guys are. If going against a team, I, that I get can do the that. hunting thing, but I guess my thing is they would always hunt Brunson, so it wouldn't matter who if all three of them are out. Because they're just going to hunt Brunson anyway. They're not going to hunt yeah, Dinwiddie. It's always going to be Brunson. So that that's my, like like a bigger type of guy, like a LeBron or a big you know for an opposing team. So I I think. I want to see what this three-man lineup looks like, or these, you know, the three ball handles, whatever we want to call them, with you know a big out there and then Dorian, or the extra small lineup that we saw at the end of that Warriors game of with Reggie and, and Dorian. Because at that point, it's like, all right, well, it's Dorian, Luca, Reggie. Like, I mean, that's that they're you're all switching and everything at that point. And you're also giving you're giving up size, but you're adding speed. And so in that speed, you can the team can rotate a lot better, right? They can get to a yeah. spot more quickly. This is what we're seeing now with this, you know, small and even smaller ball ball lineups that the Mavs have thrown out there. Is you can rotate quickly, and if somebody does hunt Brunson or somebody, then somebody else can come help quickly, and then hopefully that that player can't throw a pass quick enough that you know that somebody can't recover quick enough to get to the the corner. Yeah. So that's definitely something to watch out for is those three guards in that lineup. Let us know in the comments what you think about that lineup and if the Mavs can sustain that. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention is that Dinwiddie is a slasher. And so on offense mm-hmm. with this three-guard lineup is that Luka and, and Brunson are not slashers, right? If you think about a traditional slasher in the NBA, a guy that just goes north-south and can get to the rim, John Morant is a slasher, right? You think about guys like that. 
that can just get to the rim and can finish around the rim because he has long arms. He's pretty strong. He can, you know, he, he's a little bigger than you expect, and so he can get to the rim. Brunson is not that. He he finishes around the rim in uh, with just his herky jerky. You know, gonna he's gonna, crafty. I'm gonna like uh, JJ Bittenbinder. I'm gonna throw him off his rhythm. Like he's gonna do that. Um, Luca is just gonna manhandle you to the rim. You don't even get that reference. You can't. I know. That's why. That's yeah. why I put my head down. Somebody will get that reference, and I will really appreciate them for that. That's a um, great show. But adding, <laughs> that's not even what it is. Um, but adding some, but Dinwiddie as a slasher is definitely a big positive for the Mavs because it gives them another option as well uh, to score to the rim. And I, I noticed that watching that Warriors game again. Uh, last couple things here: the Mavericks signed Moses Wright. They added him to the other two-way spot. Um, Theo Pinson is the other two-way guy, which, by the way, I was watching the game again, and Theo Pinson, anytime Reggie Bullock shoots, he yells, shooter! He just yells, shooter. Listen, if you ever watch, uh, I think it's because they have the UNC connection, uh, but they seem to be enjoying uh, being on the same team together. Anyway, the Mavs signed Moses Wright. He is a, uh, he's now on the two-way spot. He's a 6'9 wing from Georgia Tech. He's a rookie this year. He was all ACC, all ACC, all defensive team, and the ACC Player of the Year last year at Georgia Tech. Yeah, he's fun. I mean, he's a two-way guy, so I don't want us like freaking out about it. You know, posting highlight clips of hey, this is what he could be in the playoffs type thing. I mean, he's played one game in the NBA. Uh, he has been playing well. You know, as yeah, far yeah, as but he's played one game, one minute, <laughs> and one assist. That's crazy. Uh, That's crazy he, efficiency. He was fun in college, though. Uh, I watched a little bit of him. You know, when he's at uh, Georgia Tech and. Um, you know, he averaged 16, 17 points a game at college, 40% from three, um, he could get a bucket. And so we'll see. I mean, like we were saying a while ago, I mean, he's, he's been shooting over 40% from three in the G league playing pretty well. Um, once again, you can never have enough. Six, you can six, never six, have enough wings. Six, the Mav- Mavs are taking a, taking a shot at another one here. They do have, they all of a sudden have a bunch of wings now, right? Like, Yes, just sign me up. Like this is the type of players that you you want to take swings on. I don't I don't need to take a swing on you know another Pierre Jackson. Oh, it's a shot. The shot at Pierre sorry, Jackson. Sorry, sorry. Poppy God just took that one right in the chest. <laughs> um, yeah. So there you go. Mav signed Moses right. Not a lot of thoughts about him, but he is now a Dallas Maverick, and we hadn't talked about him, and he got signed like four days ago. So <laughs> there's the update on we that. We saw some of your tweets, guys. We we know he was on the team, but I didn't, I didn't think, see any uh, tweets on this. I'm gonna I'm gonna give people more well, credit. I'm gonna give more, okay. Gonna give I saw some credit. tweets on it, but you know, I was like, do I talk about this Warriors game or Moses Wright? <laughs> With all due respect to Moses Wright. Uh, tomorrow, the Mavericks, or today, if you're listening, watching this on Tuesday, the Mavericks play the Lakers. This is a pretty, uh, these next couple games are pretty big for the Mavs. Lakers and then Warriors again on Thursday at home. That is a, another big game because the Warriors may want revenge. Clay may be back for that game. Could uh, define the season. I have no idea if Draymond is going to come back. Well, it's not the fourth quarter of the last game, so I don't know if it'll be the <laughs> season. Uh, and so, yeah, that'll be a big game. We'll have you for post game both of those days and for the rest of the week. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. It's on. Boom! Oh.